Hi everybody, it's Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. December the 31st. Happy, happy, happy New Year's Eve to you. I hope that you have a wonderful time tonight and I hope that next year brings you everything that your heart and mind desire. Just a little addendum to my last video. The uh, fellow uh, who I critiqued uh, as far as empiricism went, wrote me back a comment, which I think is interesting uh, because I think it illuminates a lot about what it is that I'm trying to do. And I'm responding to this also because uh, a number of people had issue with the way in which I responded to this fellow, uh, saying that I was uh, too critical or too harsh or, or whatever, which is not a particularly philosophical response. I'm either correct or I'm not. I mean, harsh is just an adjective. It, you know, it's like saying that, you know, Steph, your argument is a little bit too much on the sandpapery and plaid side. So uh, that's not really an argument. That's just a, I don't know, a description of an aesthetic preference that has nothing to do with the logic contained within the propositions. Anyway, so this fellow wrote back and he said, wow, you made a video for me. So much love going on here. I feel like I'm part of a community again. But really, making a backhanded personal attack on me, because I see things differently from you, is what a hack would do. The hack would be, would be me. He said, obviously, I should have explained my point more clearly. I'm not attacking logic and empiricism entirely, simply that they are systems with imposed limits. I think he means simply arguing that they're systems with imposed limits. Einstein did not figure out his theory of relativity by sticking to a system laid down before him. Also, read Plato. That's his, uh, his response. Now, um, <laughs> I can sort of see, I think, why this guy is not surrounded by the kind of love that leads people to help him out of his errors. Uh, you know, kind of snarky uh, and pretty, um, uh, pretty uh, uh, unpleasant uh, sort of emotionally, which I can sort of understand. Uh, calling my uh, argument a backhanded personal attack, um, again, there's no proof in any of that. I did say that I thought it was tragic that he wasn't surrounded by the kind of people who could love him. I think I'm seeing a little bit more evidence for that. Uh, so he's done quite a lot to, to support that thesis. So saying, because I see things differently than you, this is the retreat into subjectivism, which is so often the case when you confront somebody on the irrationality of his propositions. So when somebody says, uh, you're wrong about X, and you say, well, your argument falls apart, because of this, that, and the other, and they say, hey, we just see things differently. It's like, but his argument originally was not that we saw things differently. His argument originally was that uh, I was incorrect and he was correct. So when I disprove his arguments, he's like, well, we just see things differently. This is the retreat into relativism, and I think it's a pretty cowardly and vile move, but uh, that's just my particular perspective on it. Uh, so And calling me a hack, right? So he's not into personal attacks. <laughs> Right? See, he's not into personal attacks, which is not what I did. So calling me a hack uh, is um, is his response. And so you can see this is what happens when you confront people's irrationalities. Uh, obviously, I should have explained my point more clearly. Here's the, um, the patient and condescending <laughs> response. I'm not attacking logic and empiricism entirely, simply that they are symptoms within the systems with imposed limits. Uh, of course, he does not tell us what those limits are or what his definition of a system is or whatever. Uh, Einstein did not figure out his theory of relativity by sticking to a system laid down before him. Yes, he did. Yes, he absolutely did. Oh, my God. I wish people would just stop quoting uh, science who have no particular understanding of science. Um, 
Einstein exactly figured out his theory of relativity using a system laid down before him. It was called mathematics and it was called physics. These are very important things to understand. Uh, he didn't use the Ptolemaic system. He didn't use the system of ether. He didn't rely on Newtonian physics. But those, that's not science. Those are just theories. A system called the scientific method called the predictions that your theory makes being empirically testable and verifiable in the real world according to objective standards, they are absolutely, uh, this is the absolute synchronar, the essence of the scientific method. So saying that Einstein didn't figure out the theory of relativity w without using systems laid down before him, like math and physics and science as a whole, and logic. I mean, this is just somebody who, um, well, we don't have to get into any of that. I think it's pretty clear. And <laughs> I love this. Also, read Plato. Read Plato is a wonderful, wonderful comment. Look, you don't care about this guy, and I don't care about him particularly. I'm sure he doesn't care about me that much either. But there's a lot, I think, that's in here that's very helpful for helping people to understand uh, how to have a rational conversation, how to actually be philosophical with someone. Um, read Plato. <laughs> so, so I say that um, you can't use the evidence of the senses to overturn the evidence of the senses. And he says, since Plato is about higher forms and and uh, realms that exist prior to birth and after, you know, the realm of the forms and, and the Platonic uh, Neuomenal or higher realms, that I should read Plato to find out the limitations of my senses. Of course, as I <laughs> pointed out in the first video, reading involves assuming the accuracy of my eyesight. Uh, so... Read Plato is one perfectly self-detonating statement. Use your eyes to read Plato so that Plato can convince you that your eyes are false. So, I, I just wanted to point this out, and I, I wanted to explain sort of why. This is not, um, uh, you know, when I say that I'm explaining something, I don't mean that it's right or it's perfectly justified. I'm just putting forward my approaches and my reasons for what it is that I'm doing, which I'm perfectly open to to being corrected and so on. The reason that uh, I can be quite critical uh, with people is, first of all, I think people do a hell of a lot of damage, a lot of damage, by putting out anti-philosophical, anti-rational, mystical, supernatural, non-empirical, non-verifiable, non-scientific propositions out there, by chiseling away at other people's certainty and rationality and rootedness in the real world, they contribute vastly to mental health problems, I believe, to, to superstitions, to paranoias, to aggressions. Uh, false beliefs always require the aggressions of authority to enact them. And so people who chip away at, at rational certainty and objectivity are doing massive amounts of damage in the world. Uh, and unfortunately, it's the majority of people. Uh, people who go around giving really bad nutritional advice to people, obviously do a lot of damage to people's health. People who go around giving a lot of bad philosophical advice to people do a lot of damage to uh, to the world and particularly to the raising of children. So uh, I don't have a lot of patience for people who muck about in philosophy without knowing what they're doing. I think that they are absolutely smashing the delicate levers at the base of the brain that keep us structurally upright when it comes to our sanity. So I think that's an important consideration for me, at least. You may agree with that, you may not, but this is where uh, where I'm coming from. So that's uh, one aspect. I view 
obviously self-detonating and false philosophical arguments and propositions, like ones that just take a moment to refute, not, you know, really complex ones, like I've got a theory out there, which if you want to check out, it's free to download or read the PDF. You download the audiobook or read the PDF at freedomainradio.com forward slash free. Uh, I've got a theory of ethics, which is how we have universal morality and ethics without gods, without governments, and so on. That's a complex and challenging theory. I mean, at least it is for me, <laughs> and certainly from what feedback I've got over the past few years. Eh, it's a challenging theory. But I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about like the really basic and obvious ones, like using the evidence of the senses to communicate that the evidence of the senses is limited, right? This is the most fundamental question in philosophy is, is three is three words, right? The most fundamental question in philosophy is compared to what? Right? There's an old uh, story about, I think it was a philosophy professor who was asked by a colleague, how's your wife? And he said, compared to what? <laughs> Which is a fantastic uh, question. Uh, so compared to what is the most fundamental question in philosophy? And okay, so the evidence of the census is limited compared to what? And that's the answer you can never get, other than God, which is a complete non-answer. So, I think it's really important to understand that obviously false ideas that are pushed forward with this kind of, you know, silly and petty aggressiveness and, and poutiness, it's a form of fiat currency of the mind, right? It is to the human mind what fiat currency is to the free market economy, right? It undermines and destroys and, and you know, causes long-term catastrophes for the short-term profit of others. And so I view people who are putting forward uh, ugly and false and destructive philosophical arguments exactly the same way that I view counterfeiters. Now, there's two choices when it comes to dealing with counterfeiters. You can either try to convince the counterfeiters to stop being counterfeiters, to go and get an honest job and burn all their monopoly money. Or you can say, well, the reality is they're always going to be counterfeiters. You can't spend the rest of your life convincing counterfeiters to stop being counterfeiters. And there's almost no counterfeiters who will, based on a verbal argument, agree to stop being counterfeiters because they're, you know, nasty, evil, and corrosive people. So you can either try and convince counterfeiters to not be counterfeiters, or, or you just give people counterfeit detection machines, right? And that's what I am trying to do. I'm not interested in changing this guy's mind about his crazy beliefs. I could no interest in that. I mean, I've been doing this almost three decades. I know when someone can change and when someone can't. I have a lot of experience, now thousands of conversations uh, about philosophy uh, I know that I am not just a mindlessly aggressive and destructive guy. I have wonderful, positive, happy relationships in my life. And uh, so, so I know when someone can be changed and when someone can't. My concern is that you know when a counterfeit currency lands in your hand. My concern is not to stop the counterfeiters because you can't with words. All you can do is if you can't stop the source, right, you stop the destination. So my goal always is to give you the tools to see the bullshit, right? So if you can think of, you know, those, those scenes in movies, um, I remember Catherine Zeta-Jones' ass was in one. <sighs> anyway, if you remember those scenes in movies 
where they have, you know, they have to go into some vault and there are these lasers that nobody can see, right? And when you have to spray the air with lasers to, uh, to, to sorry, spray the air with water in order to be able to see the lasers. And that's my job is to put the water vapor in the air so that you can see the lasers and navigate them in a way that uh, doesn't get you cut down and the alarms go off and whatever, burning, sizzling bits of smoky flesh. So that's my goal. So yes, I can be harsh on people who put forward the most destructive nonsense. Absolutely. Because my goal is not to change them. I think that's a huge mistake in philosophy to try and convince bad people to be good. And I'm not calling this guy bad, bad, bad. I'm just saying that these, I don't know the guy, but these particular arguments are very destructive. And certainly he's revealed a, a little more of his personality afterwards, which is entirely predictable. I mean, again, I've been doing this so long that, you know, you don't have to take my word as gospel, heaven forbid. <laughs> That's exactly the opposite of philosophy. But I'm entirely comfortable with my perceptiveness and decision-making in this area. Uh, I haven't been wrong in I don't know how long. And, you know, assessing somebody's personality based on, you know, you don't need a lot of evidence to see who people are. We, you know, just read Malcolm Gladwell's Blink if you have any doubts about that. That's pretty well established. So that's my goal is for, I don't want to, I don't want to convince crazy people to be sane. I want to give you the tools. I want to give you the tools to see crazy, right? To see the crazy that's in the world so that you can avoid it because we can't avoid what we cannot see. So I am the water vapor, uh, floating around Catherine Zeta Jones ass. I think that's really the message and what a wonderful way to ring in the new years. Have a wonderful evening, everyone.